of having a service attitude and the challenges we face because of um, 
sincerely trying to serve devotees and Krishna. Come here, no problem. So, I am going to discuss from Shastra and also from some examples and stories to explain the benefits of having a service attitude and also the challenges that we face. But I want you to also uh, think about it because you are the ones who are practically doing service or you are facing challenges. So maybe Nandigo Prabhu take us through. Yeah, so we talk about service all the time. It's probably one of the first things that you that you hear. You know, we should engage in, in, in service and service is the way to practically offer our love and our heart to Krishna. But how often do we really meditate on what the benefits of service are? I'm guessing high level you're thinking it's a good thing to do. But I want to know from you, why is it a good thing to do specifically engaging in service? So think think outside of the box, just think about all the benefits that you can think of for engaging in devotional service and having a good service mindset. So we'll do this as in a similar format to what we did um, with Keshava Maharaj. If you could break yourselves up into groups of five maybe, uh, and then yeah, have, have a little brainstorm in your group as to the benefits of practical service. This is a really useful exercise because sometimes says someone says, uh, Prabhu Mataji, would you like to do some service? And you're feeling tired, you're feeling uh, uninspired, so you can reflect on all these different benefits that all of you are going to create, and then Brad Biharitu is going to give us some nice philosophical overviews as well. So who would like to begin? Uh, we'll begin with this group here. Do you want to share some of the things that you came up with? So it makes you dependent on Krishna. Okay, wonderful. What else? Inspiration. Inspiration. Why? How does service inspire us? Okay, so association, but but also I'm going to say impact on others. You're practically doing something to help someone. Brilliant. Any others from your group? Oh, <laughs> really? Okay, let's let's go around and then we'll see if there's any that are not covered when we go around. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, builds humility, definitely. And for a bonus mark, why is it important to build humility? Being very humble. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's because that's the qualification we need to face. It's the qualification we need to face. Why is it the qualification we need to face? To learn, you need to be humble. To learn, you need to be humble. Yes. What does that say? If you're full of it, then there's no space for anything else to go in. Brilliant. Thank you. But so that was sorry. That was the first one. I digress. Uh, what else did you have? Friendship, okay, association. Yeah. 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 It gets 
the out of your comfort zone sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, why is that? Why is that important? Okay. And any other benefits for pushing outside of your comfort zone? So dependence is one. Because you're forced to rely on the Lord. What else? New skills. I'm just pushing back because sometimes we hear these things like, yes, we should be humble or we should push outside our comfort zone. But do we really reflect on why that's important for our own personal development as well as our, our Krishna consciousness? Thank you. Yes, this group at the back. Any that haven't been said? Nice. So um, well, I'm going to put specifically interpersonal skills. So we definitely do, but why, why should we then engage in service? So, so people think like, um, from even a material point of view, if you want to, you want to, you want to gain something material from it, there's no guarantee that what you do is anything at all. So the example is given that like, if there's a, a very wealthy person who has a servant, then the servant lives in a mansion because he serves a wealthy person. He goes in a big car because the wealthy person has a big car. So the person who's then who's the source of entire creation is Krishna. Yeah. If you actually want anything, you can't get materials. You've got to do it through service. So essentially, it's an investment that always returns, always returns. much more, unlike cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking from personal experience. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, the best investment, even one percent, you get hundred percent back. Yes. Any other points from your voice? Sir? Mercy, you receive mercy from either the devotees of Krishna or Krishna. Blessings and mercy. Blessings. You can make some advancement. Spiritual advancement. Anything else? You can shout them out. Vishnu and You're making yourself busy so there's less time for Maya. Oh yes, oh, really nice point. So yeah, the idle, idle mind is the devil's workshop. So if you're always busy in service, no time, no time to think of Maya. Um, so yeah, uh, engage the mind. Really nice point. Thank you. It does, yeah. It pleases Krishna, and that's what invokes the, the blessings and mercies. So pleases the Lord. We've got any others? At the back, group at the back. Any that haven't been said? It's a challenge with going last. All the good points are made, but uh, you may have some unique ones. Oh, we got some fresh ones. Well, we'll see if you get purification of the heart. Purification, beautiful point. Thank you. 
had a different tolerance. Yes. Can you say it's realization? Realization. Realization of the knowledge. So it is jnana when it is in scriptures, but when we do seva, it becomes vidyana. Beautiful sound. Anything else? Last, last opportunity. Yes. You, can, you can focus on Krishna rather than focusing on yourself or other things. Yeah, so I've, def I've definitely seen that. That actually, when you, um, what, what is the, what is that famous uh, Gandhi quote? When you throw yourself, when, when you serve others, no. When you throw yourself into the service of others, you find yourself. Um, when you lose yourself, when you, when you service, lose yourself, you find yourself. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fully engaging. I think we've probably covered it. I like this point that Krishna consciousness is not an armchair philosophy. So yeah, you have to do something. Yeah, so I'll put it down as contribution, but yeah, a wider contribution to improve society. Okay, some really nice points. Do you want me to read them out some more? Yeah, you can summarize yeah. um, Dependence on the Lord, um, getting association, because generally we don't serve alone, so sometimes we um, Impact on others is inspiring for us. Having humility, it forces us to um, develop humility, especially if we're doing something outside of our comfort zone. We'll be learning new skills that we may have never developed before. Ultimately, it leads to satisfaction of the heart if we're doing it with the right uh, mood and attitude. Purification also. Um, you have to learn to be tolerant when, when doing service. Uh, it's actually our constitutional position to serve. It is the nature of the soul. Uh, it, is, it is the best investment that we can make. Uh, you get realization when you actually put the philosophy into practice and actually devotional service. That is how you love to practice. Making a contribution to society. Uh, make sure that we aren't always self-absorbed or have an idle mind and that we are engaged we ensure spiritual advancement ultimately because it pleases the Lord he invokes blessings and mercy beautiful I think the summarizer said this in everything as a notes for this class so all of you are amazing so I thought I had made some very unique notes <laughs> but I'm humbled and inspired thank you actually when I heard the word realization you spoke about now that that is my favorite point about service. I've seen that when we do service, whatever we have read in the scriptures, we actually get realization of it. I remember once uh, I was doing Sankirtan. I did for first seven years in the ashram. And one day when distributing books in the trains of Mumbai, which is very crowded in the local trains, I saw one man, you know, we enter the compartment, we make an announcement. Hare Krishna, we are from Iskon, take these books and blah blah blah. We make all the long announcements. And I saw one man, fair, was good looking, and he had some little beard, and he was just looking at me straight. And I could, it was obvious that this man is interested. 
but then he didn't take the book he was just looking at me and we have to rush to the next compartment next coach so we make the announcement sell the books then get off the train and go to the next compartment before the train starts so i went to the next compartment which is a few you know minutes a few seconds i had to run and then again i made an announcement and i was shocked i saw the same man i said is he twin or how did he come here or maybe i'm imagining i was not sure what i was watching what i was seeing but then i went through the thing and then again next compartment i ran and there again i see him i saw this four five times and then i smelled something fishy because i thought maybe this man is chasing me or you know he is maybe then i got there is one station where there is a platform on both sides so that i thought i'll trick him so i got down here and then immediately that was a decoy i went, went back and got down from the other side and then there is a bench in the corner i sat on that bench thinking that now the train has left i'll take the next train so i escaped from him you know i thought this man is some shady guy i don't know what he's up to and then suddenly i see he comes and sits next to me and i got i was just froze out of fear and he looked at me and he said sir i want to ask you something i said yes how come you are so happy you look so blissful and are you getting any money out of this i said no then i was scared to ask him questions and self because i wanted to avoid him so we shared silence for some time i didn't say anything and then he said i want to tell you something and then he told me his story and i haven't forgotten it till today he was one of the wealthiest men in that area he is get five liquor bars and he was earning some millions of rupees every day by simply selling the empty liquor bottles just the bottles in his liquor shop you know the bar he was making millions of rupees every day just out of that and he was saying i have everything in life but i'm so miserable and the way he poured his heart out and then he took some books and started crying such a wealthy man and then he's telling me you have nothing you don't get any commission out of these books and then we came to temple for some time he was connected but then that incident i haven't forgotten and then whenever i hear about material life doesn't give happiness i somehow remember this man so it had an impact on me you know so is we have heard in the scriptures that you may be the wealthiest man but you won't be happy but when you go through an experience of service it actually gives you realization so so that's a very powerful this is one of the biggest benefits of doing seva whatever we read in scriptures many times we are skeptical we think can this be true is this true but just do seva and then things light up seva propa that's why he said service is very natural for us also you know the propa writes this many places a man claims to serve his nation politician claims to serve a man serves his family the people keep a pet ultimately if you have nothing nobody to serve you will keep a pet and you serve your pet and also in nectar of devotion propa writes a beautiful point that if we, if we focus our service on krishna then krishna is that one switch he lights up everything the main switch it is endorsed and echoed by the the conscious bloom that's why shila propa is the only person i think the first person to give a unique definition of bhakti most people before propa and of course gaudi tradition they defined bhakti as devotion what is shila propa's definition of bhakti service because service is which is service it is service it makes everything auspicious and what i mean by what we mean by service is service attitude the desire to serve because uh, this mindset of 
wanting to serve that's a game changer in spiritual life you see that um, sometimes we can't serve like you know the bhagavatam gives the example of bishma he's lying on the bed of arrows but still he offered sweet words in appreciation for yudhishthir maharaj and he received them with sweet words so propa writes that that sometimes he can't serve physically but that attitude that mindset wanting to serve makes everything all auspicious and we have seen that devotees uh, our our uh, if you really want realizations in bhakti if you want to understand everything about krishna consciousness then service has to be something in the space of some, somebody said here very nicely it's not about me somebody said it's about you know we are getting out of uh, the point one point is there where you know it's we are we, it's uh, we are getting out of you, you said something like this that we are getting out of our problems our heads they're getting out of our head otherwise they're only thinking about our problems and we've seen that devotees many times they don't experience tangible benefits in bhakti because they're unable to think of service as beyond themselves we, we do service but they're actually practicing sakama karma yoga karma yoga you know right working for krishna sakama karma yoga is we work for krishna but i'm attached to results like you know <laughs> this happened with me i was the sankirtan in charge in our temple and i was concerned because our book distributors they had this bag book distribution bags and they were getting thrown because of the rats in the godown so we wanted good strong bags so one boy came and said prabhu i would like to serve the ashram all the book distributors are doing so much nice seva i would like to make a book distribution strong bags out of jeans jeans ka jo cloth you know jeans so he brought high quality bags some 20 bags for our sankirtan devotees so i was thinking what a nice devotee he is doing so much seva for the devotees and then i realized it was all sakama karma yoga because he served krishna he served the devotees he made book distribution bags and after the bags were given to all the sankirtan devotees he gave me a bill and then i realized oh i identified with him he actually gave me a bill and i had to pay him money from the temple finance department and then i realized oh i should have asked him but then i gave him the benefit of doubt because i had identified with him before but he was doing seva but it was proper sakama karma yoga he served krishna he served devotees but he was attached to the fruits of that he wanted the fruits of that service that's one way of serving krishna there is a second way which is nishkama karma yoga where i will serve krishna but i don't want the results but i am attached to the service like one devotee came and said a few days after this incident prabhu this yatra time everybody had gone for yatra and i was in the stay back team and i was looking after the temple services so one devotee came and said prabhu can i serve in the temple i have holidays for the next 10 days and there are very few devotees here i can serve i can help in the temple and the first thing that came out of my mouth was are you going to take money for this <laughs> immediately laughed he said prabhu come on i want to serve i am coming here to serve i said okay okay come so then he said prabhu i would like to do the dt backup seva so i said okay and next day i asked him can you clean the temple hall can you help us clean the toilets and bathrooms no no bro. i'll only do the backup seva he was refusing to do other seva he was only doing the backup seva i was like backup seva no, others can do but why don't you help me no problem i will do only this so you see what is doing here he is not taking money he is he is giving his time to krishna but he is only attached to the service his service 
He's unwilling to explore, he's unwilling to understand that he could contribute in other ways. So in one sense, he's better than the first person who's serving Krishna, because he's not taking the results for himself, but he's attached to his service. And there are a few devotees who are in actually practicing bhakti yoga. There's one devotee who came to the temple and said, Prabhu, I would like to stay in the temple and serve. I said, do you want monetary remuneration? <laughs> no, Prabhu. So do you have, then are you attached to being only backup or temple or cleaning? No, Prabhu, anything that's needed, I'm ready. But I should be able to do it, he said. You know? If I can't do it, I won't be able to do it, but I'm ready. Ah, then I said, this is bhakti yoga. Where is, he's just wanting to serve Krishna. So many of us, I agree that as we get older, we may need to serve according to our nature. We need to align our services according to our nature as we get older because then it's sustainable. But when we are young, initially we should explore, we should be excited and enthusiastic to do whatever is needed because that helps us discover our own potential. So therefore, service has a lot of benefits and benefits come when we, uh, when we are willing to do services without expecting any results and without being attached to the service. And there are three amazing benefits which is covered here. One is I heard uh, Shamli say, I think, satisfaction. Satisfaction is always there. Second, um, which I found very nice here was friendship. Somebody said association. I think few devotees said friendship and association I get because of service. And there is something else. I don't know if you meant it or uh, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you say this. You know, sometimes, many times, because of service, you get clarity also. Things suddenly seem to make sense. I'll tell you one very powerful story. This is Indian history has recorded this story. Have you heard the name Madan Mohan Malviya? Anyone knows here? Okay. Madan Mohan Malviya is one of the most famous freedom fighters in India. And he was so powerful. But you know, what is his background? As a young five-year-old boy, six-year-old boy, he was reading Bhagavatam at home. So he was studying Bhagavatam and he also studied law. And he was a very successful lawyer. And at the age of 50, he decided that, you know, I've done enough politics, enough freedom fighting, uh, but now I want to dedicate my life to Bhagavatam. So he gave up everything and he full time, and he was a Sanskrit scholar. And today in India, he is the founder of India's biggest university, Banaras Hindu University. He is the founder of many newspapers. He is no more, of course. He died in 1930s. But he has got the Bharat Ratna, the India's highest award, civilian award. Very big man, very renowned person. And he, started, he dedicated himself to Bhagavatam. And one day, something happened. In 1922, the British, uh, Gandhi had started non-violent movement. But some of his party people, they burnt a police station down and they killed some policemen. So some 150 people were arrested. 150 Congress people were arrested by the British. And they were sentenced to be hanged to death. So the Congress party went up to Madan Mohan Malviya. And they said, can you please help? Can you please fight the case for our people? And he said, I've given up law for the last 14 years. I haven't practiced law. I'm out of touch. They said, no, but you are the best. And you know what this man did? He came back and he fought the case. And the judge of that case was Justice Grimwood Mayers. He was from England. He was the High Court judge. And he was so stunned to see Pandit Madanwan Malviya's arguments and uh, eloquence. 
He was a Sanskrit Bhagavad scholar, but his presentation in English and all the logical way he presented that it is recorded and documented in, you know, you can read it in Wikipedia. The Justice Grimwood Mayors, he stood up four times during that entire trial. The, the judge stands up and applauds Mother Mohan Malviya for his brilliance in his eloquence and his presentation. And you can imagine it was so good. And all 150 who were sentenced to be hanged to death, they were declared innocent. That was the power of his argument. And this man, he was such a scholar, but he didn't understand certain things from the scriptures. And he came to Bhakti Siddhan Saraswati Thakur. Who is Bhakti Siddhan Saraswati Thakur? Srila Prabhupada's Guru. He came to him and he said, uh, I have some difficulty in Bhagavatam. I want to understand. You know, you are a great scholar. Can we discuss? I want to learn. I want to understand your perspective on Bhagavatam. And Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur gave a shocking answer. I mean, here is the most important person in the country coming to him and Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur said, I'm very busy. <laughs> I'm very busy. Why don't you talk to some of my disciples? Uh, I'm, I'm right now busy. And he walked away. And to his credit, Mother Mohan Malviya was humble. He went to the disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur in the ashram. And they said, the, you know, everybody was excited. Pandit Mother Mohan Malviya is here. The great lawyer, he's here. And they said, yes, Panditji, how can we serve you? He said, your Guru Maharaj told me that, you know, I want some clarity on Bhagavatam. I don't understand. So, can you explain to me? Can we have a discussion? You know what the disciples said? They said, Panditji, we are very busy right now washing these pots in the temple. Why don't you join us and help us? And so we'll be able to finish this off early. And then we can sit and take prasadam and we can discuss. I mean, this is a shocking answer. You won't do that. The most important person, when Rishi Sunak came to manor, I don't think you engaged him in washing pots. Right? You honored him. That's what was expected, that the devotees would honor him, but the devotees engaged him in washing pots. And he was humble and he did that. He did that quietly. And after three hours of all the temple seva, they all sat for prasadam. And the devotees asked him, Yes, Pandit Padamon Malviyaji, you had some questions? We are ready to answer them now. We can discuss now. We are ready. And guess what he said? He had a big smile. His face was glowing. He said, I am fully satisfied. All my doubts are gone. What happened to him? What was the transformation? As he was washing the pots, he didn't realize, inadvertently he was washing his, he was cleaning his own heart, his own mind. A very dramatic story. And it's a real story. This happened, Srila Prabhupada quotes this story. So this is the power of service. Without service, all our knowledge of scriptures is like, you know, it's like licking the bottle of honey from outside. <laughs> you don't really taste honey if you lick the bottle from outside. Right? You have to open it up and taste honey. So this is one story. I have personally witnessed one story. This is Mother Mohan Malviya happened in 1920s. You, know, you may say, oh, but I have seen one example of Dr. Deepak. He was in England earlier. Some of you may know him. Deen Bandhu Prabhu, Dr. Deepak. You know him? He's in Manchester even now? He's there now? So you go and tell him this story. He was when he was a college medical student in Mumbai. He was always asking challenging questions in every class. You know this story? And you know, I used to be scared to go to that program because I was assisting Gauranga Prabhu. I used to take Kichidi and Halwa for the program. 
And sometimes Gaurav Prabhu would say, I'm busy. Why don't you go and give the class? And I would be scared. What if Deepak is there? <laughs> and after every class, challenging question. And before I could complete the answer, the next challenging question. So very intense guy, you know. And he was very good in his academics. His papers would be published in the Indian Psychiatry Journal. Very, very intelligent man. So one day, uh, in one of the classes, again he asked a challenging question to Gaurav Prabhu. And before he could ask, ask complete the question, Gaurav Prabhu said, wait. I have a request to you. We have every year this Barsana I camp, you know, where we serve the devotees in Vrindavan. So why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you go there and serve the Brajbasis? Okay, Prabhu. And he, he accepted that. So for one month he was gone. And after one month he came back. And again he came for the weekly class. And I was there in that class. And Gauram Prabhu after the class, everybody looked at him because he is the one who is going to ask questions. And lo and behold, he doesn't ask any questions. Gaurav Prabhu said, what happened? Deepak Prabhu, questions? Fully satisfied. I went to Barsana, I did Seva, and fully satisfied. So service has this magical transformation. You know, it's like, sometimes, you know, we ask questions just for, just for the heck of it. Now, I'm not saying Deepak did that, but, but this is being recorded. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but then sometimes we ask questions just like that. But service, purifies our heart. So therefore, uh, it is very important. So three things. One is satisfaction. There is clarity. And there is friendships also. Sometimes you get, you make lifelong friendships because of service. Isn't it? Like I, I when, when I joined the ashram, my mother would come every week. My, my house was just four kilometers from the temple. So I, I come from a you know family my mother was, my father was in government service, so every summer season, in India, everybody loves mangoes. I don't know how it is in England. And mangoes are abundantly available in the summer season. So my, when I joined the ashram, my mom would come every weekend with a bag full of mangoes. And she would give it to me. And this was 1998-99. And I would immediately take that bag and, and we all brahmatris had one locker where we would keep our things. And I would put that bag in the locker. And then, when nobody is around, I would take out one mango and I would enjoy that mango. It was Alfonso, ripe mangoes. And that, that mango bag would last for one week. And next week, again, my mom would be there with the bag of mangoes. This is how I spent the two months, summer season. But one day, something interesting happened. As I removed my locker and that's one mango and I took it out, suddenly one brahmachari from the opposite direction was walking by. And he looked at me, and he saw me with the mango in hand. And, you know, I didn't want to offer him. I mean, but, you know, there's something called the etiquette and politeness. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, Prabhu, would you like a mango? He said, yeah, I don't mind. But what about you? There's only one mango. I said, no, no, I have another one. So I picked up, I picked up the other mango. I said, we both can have. He said, okay, fine. And then we were about to start. Another brahmachari came from the other side. And, they, and he said, wow, there are mangoes here. So again, I didn't want to, but I said, you would like to have? He said, yeah, why not? And then I picked up the third mango from the locker and somebody else came. And that fellow said, oh, there's a mango party going on here. I said, not a party, but yeah, I have a few mangoes. So, would you like to have one? Ah, I would love to if I gave him. And then in five minutes, that area was packed with a few brahmacharis and my entire mango bag was out. And all the mangoes got over in five minutes. And we were laughing, we were talking, you know, in five minutes, the mango bag, which lasted for a week, 
it was all over in 5 minutes and then after after that we washed our hands we laughed and they all everybody left for their respective services everybody left and then when i sat on the locker you know that small place which is in the ashram and i realized that this mangoes never tasted as sweet as they were tasting today something mystical and magical had happened just by sharing just by giving service just by just by pleasing someone it was it was a it was an experience that's that's ineffable you know it's such an amazing experience just by sharing and i was so, and after that every week my mom got i was sharing you have to go through an experience like that you know sometimes serving prasadam i may be very hungry famished but i've seen in the ashram when we actually serve that gives more satisfaction there is something about service which has a magical effect in our consciousness and imagine if you do it without expecting anything in return that's like that's the pinnacle of service i would i'll end this one with one story and then we go to the next topic challenges because this is in the context i want to share this uh, i was once in mayapur <coughs> propa samadhi have you seen propa samadhi in mayapur it's a big temple complex and you know the ekadashi was chanting from morning uh, chanting many rounds extra but my mind was focused on prasadam you know the ekadashi was wondering who would give me good ekadashi prasad <laughs> and as i was chanting alone in that corner one mayapur brahmachari was a pujari in the propa samadhi mandir he walked up to me and said in his bengali heavy bengali accent prabhu ji prasad paenge prasad i said what i am hungry and how does he know i want prasad then i said oh is a bengali brahmachari okay he must have figured out i am from mumbai and i was a manager then in the temple you know managers are generally cynical they think everybody is giving me something means they want something else right you know, we are like calculative so i thought oh he wants something maybe but i have nothing to lose i am hungry he is going to give me prasad let me deal with what he wants later the says prabhu said come 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 and he took me down propa samadhi there is a basement below and yet opulent ekadashi prasad and he gave me the leaf plate and he started serving and he said oh please take more and i was constantly thinking he is going to ask something from me is there are no free lunches right <laughs> why is this devotee serving me there is something fishy here but i have nothing to lose and he kept serving me and he didn't know me i asked him do you know me no prabhu but a vaishnav you are vaishnav i'm happy to serve and then i went now is going to ask me now is going to ask me so second third helping and finally after my prasadam was over he insisted on taking the leaf plate i mean he didn't let me do any seva he only cleaned up the place and then he said can i ask you one favor i said yes now my my suspicion is proving right he said yes what do you want and i was calculating he is going to ask for a job in mumbai he is going to ask for some money or he is going to ask for my expensive shawl and then what he said surprised me totally he said prabhu please please pray for me i said really that's all you want he said yes you know i just please pray for me that i can be sincere like all of you chopati brahmacharis i felt so ashamed of myself and then i again asked him are you sure you don't anything else and then he kind of slapped me by his words he said prabhu what can you give me i am in mayapur dham <laughs> and then i was like yeah and then he didn't want anything he said prabhu please come again i want to serve you 
and I was so ashamed. I ran to my room. I brought some cookies from Chapati Temple. I bought it for 10 days because I was supposed to have some programs, meetings there. All the cookie packets I went and gave him. See, just see, I have such a hard stone heart. And just because somebody served me selflessly without expecting anything in return, even my stone heart melted. Just imagine Krishna, who is the softest person, his heart is the softest, right? If we can offer something to Krishna without expecting anything in return, won't Krishna be, how, how much overwhelmed Krishna would be? Because one of 64 qualities of Krishna is he is grateful. If we can serve devotees without expecting anything in return, how much Krishna would be happy? Can you imagine? He would give all the cookies to us, you know. He would give everything to us. So therefore, definitely there are a lot of benefits. So we can go on and on and on. But I'll stop here for some time because I know many devotees, you know, sometimes after doing service, we become a little cynical because we face real challenges. And that's a reality. All of us go through challenges, right? So we will discuss now about the challenges in service. Hare Krishna. Nandu Guru Prabhu. Okay, so lots of benefits to service. As Raj Bihari Prabhu said, the reality when we actually go and try and serve can be that we come across obstacles. So let's say the example that Prabhu just gave, that someone does come and they say, please, let me just serve you. And cynically you're thinking, oh, what do they want? What do they want? And at the end, they do say to you, actually, I quite like your shawl. That's going to leave something in your heart. And, and that's going to affect your service attitude. The next time you try and do something, you'll remain cynical. So there may be something around your mindset, or there may be practical challenges that you're also facing. You know, time, skills, burnout, all the different things that we've, we've spoken about in the past. So I'd like you again in your groups to have another discussion around what are the major challenges that you face when it comes to engaging in service. Yeah. Okay. Do it straight away or we'll get them to feedback first? Yeah. Okay. So, there'll be many you discuss, but we want you to pick out just the top two. Okay? So disagreement and clashes. So yeah, we also had like um, sometimes people might feel 
kind of, what would you say, resentment. I mean, that's, that's, that's not right, like, don't care. So, like, I've been guilty of this before. You, know, you only message people when the service opportunities or feel used. Feeling used or feeling worthless if you're only giving them this service and you're not giving them this kind of service, which might put them in the line, like those kinds of. I think it's like a, a balance between devoted care and service. So, this is about you feeling used, or maybe when you are being selective about what you are giving service to others? Make sure. It's a boat. So, just devoted care. Devoted care. Basically, you know what, if I correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying one of the biggest challenges in service is the person is being given seva but is not being taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Service without care. Service without care. Yeah. Beautiful. So a person feels that he's being just, you know, they're just using me. Mm. Okay. Yeah, not very much. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I agree with the back. When you forget the goal of actual service. Forget the goal. So this one, forget forgetting that it's actually it's for Krishna. Yeah. yeah. And then the other one said we lack the skill set and lack the time. Lack skill set. So so to balance is maybe the time one, um, but skill set definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just repeat. Desire and intention. Desire and intention. Desire and intention. So. What, what is the, so it's not that you don't enjoy it, you just don't necessarily want to do it. Yeah, just la lack of desire. Something taste. like not taste and boring, yeah. it becomes a drag, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you said intention, right. what are you doing it for? Intention, yeah, intention is covered here, remembering it's for Krishna. Concentration span. Concentration span. So specifically when doing something, I guess it, it goes back to this as well. Yeah, balance, nice. Maybe taste, or taste maybe balance as well. So, so lack of focus? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anything else? From anyone? No? Okay, so the major challenges people are saying is the intention, so remembering it's actually for Krishna as opposed to for, our, for ourselves. Uh, disagreements, clashes that may be to offences, a lack of desire to actually do it, or not enjoying the service, struggling with the balance of uh, various other responsibilities and duties you may have, um, service without care, so feeling used, uh, not having the skill set perhaps outside of your comfort zone, and that can be uncomfortable, and just a, a lack of focus when actually engaging. <coughs> it's disheartening when it's not going well. Failing in the service. Yeah. Failure. Failure. Nice one. Beautiful one. Not getting the results you want. Any more to add from anybody that haven't been covered in these ones so far? Yeah. Yeah. So similar to what we're saying about different types of karma yoga. Yeah, basically, you know, uh, we are very enthusiastic in service when we are in charge of that department. Yeah. If I'm not the in charge, then I'm not enthusiastic. Do you think that we could, so wanting to be the controller? Controller, <coughs> controller team. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. It happens all the time. <coughs> okay, I think that's good. There's 10. So what we were going to do after this was actually to get you to all come up with some solutions. 
So what I'd like to do is I'd like to perhaps put you into 10 groups for this purpose. And then in your groups, you just come up with a solution for all of these. So if we do four groups on this side and six groups on that side, I'll let you do the math. Uh, and yes, you've just got to come up as a group with one solution. Uh, so once you're into your groups, I'll give you, I'll give you the number. So we'll begin with group number one. The challenge here was remembering that actually this surface is for Krishna's pleasure. So what would you say is the antidote? What is the solution to this? Clearly, remember it's for Krishna, but maybe you have some other answers here. Yep. So bring it back to Krishna. Uh, consciously remember when you're doing something, you're doing it for Krishna. Talk to him. Um, remind yourself that this is for his pleasure. Whereas I'm going through, if there's anything that you want to add, please. please, please. Okay, uh, group number two was offenses. mentioned to me uh, yesterday that uh, we have to remind ourselves that everyone here is a volunteer and so sometimes we become frustrated why are you not doing it like this why are you not doing like that but if we can actually have the mindset of wow they're taking time out to serve Krishna then we're much less likely to cause Vaishnava pride okay number three this is a big one disagreements and clashes sick we're all in the hospital we're all taking the medicine some people are more sick than others but uh, yeah definitely and and use use uh, senior devotees if required as a mediator if you can't work it out yourselves thank you actually Srila Prabhupada also said you know the fact that we have disagreements means we're not my bodies you know we will always we'll always have difference of opinion that's natural even amongst pure devotees which is yeah. So, thank you. Group number four, lack of desire and just a lack of taste to actually do the service. Um, so we said that, um, so it says that the specific service that you basically like, but then over time you just like, you had a discomfort. You could like, 
might go to one of the other devotees who are really enjoying it and have a conversation with them and they could like help you to like you know bring you back and then um another thing you said was like you could talk to your mentors about it or like um one of the people from the leadership team that they could give you another service to do and then like that's a, a service that like um you do have a passion for you like develop your new passion for and then if you do that you like enjoy it you're saying confess to someone to yeah, don't reveal your heart, heart yes. <coughs> and devotees who have done that, you know, they have confessed, they have either immediately discovered taste in that same seva, I've seen that, or <coughs> devotees mercifully have engaged them in services which, is, which suits their nature. So you get help either way. Sometimes you just need to reset as well, that you've just been doing the same service again and again. And you need to remind yourself, going back to the beginning, why am I doing this? Why do I love doing this? And I liked your practical tip that we know enthusiasm is contagious. So sometimes, you you know, if, let's say you're, you're washing pots, you're really not enjoying it, and then you see someone just loving it. And <laughs> or chopping vegetables, as I saw today. Um, so yeah, go hang out with those people, because that will, that will rub off on us. Very nice. Actually, you know, we have one brahmachari, we have two brahmacharis in our temple. This is the secret I'm sharing. They are over 50 years of age. Like one of our senior most brahmacharis is 57. If you look at him, he looks like a 30-year-old man even today. He's very young and he's, and he's always dancing in Guru Puja. He's very excited. And uh, he doesn't do much seva in the sense he does a little bit service, but he's mainly attends the full morning program, does duty worship. So one day I asked him that, why are you so, how are you so happy and enthusiastic? And he told me something very interesting. He said, I just keep looking out for people who are enthusiastic in whatever they are doing. And especially the younger devotees, I always hang around with them. They are not cynical and they are enthusiastic. So when I go there, they think I am giving them association. <laughs> but they don't know that I am going there to steal their enthusiasm. And I get charged up and I get very energized. So it is very important to what you said about associating with those who have taste for service. Just be with them. Like we have one brahmacharya, just end with this. This is very important because they're saying association. There's one brahmacharya in our temple, he's 58 now, and he's always dancing. Like even when we're sitting for prasadam, if you say, Maha Prasad, Govind, he'll stand up and start dancing. I mean, he's, he really loves Krishna consciousness. And he's celebrating. So one day I asked him, that I'm sure you also have your low moments. How do you manage? And you also go, you get bored with your services. So he said something interesting. He said, Whenever I am, I just keep thinking, tomorrow there's going to be Guru Puja, everybody's going to be enthusiastically dancing. But just hanging around with people who have taste is a very powerful force. Being with positive people, I think. Yeah, that's Also, being in a positive atmosphere helps in everything. Yes. In everything, actually. Yes. Very nice, thank you. Thank you. And actually, yeah, since, since we're in, in the... Uh, in the mood of sharing secrets, you shared one from the Ashram, I'll share one from the Pandya Sena. Yes, please. That uh, very often the, the senior speakers, after an event, will go up and will say, thank you so much for giving your time and association to the Pandya Sena. And so many of them have said to me, I'll tell you a secret. Being around all of you is actually enthusing us so much, so much. So yes, they are serving us with their knowledge, their insight, their wisdom, their deep devotion but also simply by all of you being enthusiastic in class, asking questions, um, it, it also yeah, enthuses them as well. So it's, it's a beautiful exchange of, of service in that regard. Okay, 
So number five, the classic. How do we how do we strike the balance? So many responsibilities, duties, sadhana, studies, work. Uh, what solutions did you have, group number five? Try and wake up early. That's the solution to everything. Oh. But the key to waking up early is to going to bed early. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, this one is, um, yeah, definitely this feeling of, of service without care. Worried that we're feeling used. Sometimes I do hear devotees. Oh, you had one more? Well, uh, with balance, if you don't know, then there might be others of your age as well that do association. Association as well. Very nice. So for this one, number six, who is number six? Yes, Krishna. Um, so we said if you're giving people service, you should um, uh, first make a relationship with them and then give the service instead of giving the service and then figuring out the relationship later. Nice. Relationship first and then the service. And then um, we also said that uh, if the person doesn't seem to care no matter how hard you try to service them, you can still be consoled by the fact that Krishna cares. Mm, very nice. So if we are giving service, what, what can we do? How do we show that <coughs> care practically so that people don't feel used? What can we do? Appreciate them. Appreciate them. Anything else? Praise them when they're down. Praise them. And tell them that what you're doing is, you know, it's a good job. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, this is not good and this is not good and this. Yeah. Hang out with them outside. Yeah, outside of service. So not just during that time. I care about the whole person, not just how many pots you can wash. Yeah, beautiful. It's amazing, these small things like saying thank you, they go a long way when I'm doing leadership seminars. I have to actually say to them, I have to say, do, do you thank your, your employees? Well, why should I thank them? They're getting paid. But that thank you, that they're more interested in the thank you and being uh, appreciated than actually the pay. And they will say, but I, we just gave them a bonus, but maybe they just want the thank you. So yes, they're getting the bonus automatically from Krishna, but we, our job is to say thank you. Excellent. All right, so let's move on to skills. Sometimes we don't have the skills required. We're asked to do a service, we're thrown in at the deep end, sink or swim. Uh, what are your solutions to this? Uh, this was this group here? Uh, so our first answer was asking others who are more experienced. Yeah, and then the second one is, is even though you may not know the skill, you should try and do the skill and along the way you can learn, you can like learn how to do it and like, like there's a uh, like people in the past have actually done that like for example like Raj Rani he, uh, he didn't have to take photos or record but like, he took the camera and he made use of it properly and he was like, like a proper professional yeah definitely one of the best now yeah excellent um we wrote also that being out of your comfort zone is where you actually truly develop and that Krishna will only give you challenges that you're able to overcome. Carries what we lack, preserves what we have. And number four? Um, oh, yeah. What you just said. Oh, did I, did I? Steal the punchline. Yeah, Krishna gives us only challenges that we're able to overcome. And Krishna also covers what we lack, what we don't know. Prabhu, have you got any experience of this where where you've been outside of your comfort zone and, and Krishna has stepped in to fill the void. Yeah, when I joined the ashram, uh, I was given the seva of going to the flower market and getting flowers for the deities. 
and I have no idea about flowers. Even today, I don't understand the flowers, you know, the science of. And the pujaris, they are very particular about the kind of flowers they get for decorating the deities. And I would, and the flower market early morning 4:30 would be so crowded. 4:30 in the morning, it would be crowded, and people would be swearing at each other, bargaining. It's like the wholesale market for flowers. And I was thinking, what am I doing here? I should be in the temple, Mangalarati. But that was a service, and I would go there, and I would bargain really hard, but I would land up with very rotten flowers. I didn't know the difference between fresh flowers and rotten flowers. Anyway, was so dumb. And then I would get the flowers, and then the pujaris would tell me, "What have you brought? These are not fresh flowers." And I would tell them, "But the fellow told me that these are fresh, are fresh flowers." So they would tell me, "What? But you can't make better common sense." And I was so frustrated. I didn't want to do that favor. And then I told the temple in charge, the service commander. I didn't know what to tell him because I just joined the ashram, and I thought if I tell them I can't do this, I don't have the skill set to understand the flowers, so they may remove me from the ashram. So I started making up excuses, you know. So I said, "Oh, I have a headache. I can't go for seva." So immediately, it's okay. It's okay. We'll manage. But then, as soon as they managed the substitute, I got scared because again tomorrow I have to go. What excuse will I give tomorrow? So I realized that I'm not able to handle this, and I went and told him, "I just can't do this." I don't have the skill sets. So then he said, "Okay, we'll send another brahmachari with you, because I honestly <coughs> confessed." So brahmachari was expert in flowers. He came with me the next day, but he was so good and so expert, and he was so fast I couldn't understand anything. And then he came back, and he said, "So you understood?" I, but I couldn't understand anything. Again, the same problem continued. Finally, I went to the service in charge. I said, "I tried my best to develop the skills. I can't do it. Please remove me from this job. Give me something else." Then he said, Prabhu, but this is a chance for you to depend on Krishna. This is a chance for you to learn a new skill. So be positive. Take it up as a challenge. So then, with I started praying intensely, Krishna, please help me, please help me. And then I would go. Again, it wasn't all that good, but because of praying to Krishna, because of slowly learning skills, there was a time when I was excited about flower seva and I was ready to go in the morning. And the temple commander comes and tells me, Prabhu, your service has changed. <laughs> all that effort so since that i have never gone to the flower market but that's how it is you know you learned you really worked hard and then you learned the skill did everything and now i dress shrimati radharani every two, two days uh, three four days in a week and and you know i am so particular about the small tagar flowers this flowers and i am wondering i am the same person who had who had one time was so scared of the flower market so krishna empowers you krishna helps you But we have to depend on Krishna, and we have to be open-minded, and we also have to be detached. Because after we learn that skill, we may be removed from that service. That's also possible. Hare Krishna. Very nice. Thank you. Group number eight: uh, lack of focus because of various distractions going on. Uh, so we said uh, for the first point that uh, to understand, uh, to, well, to help focus, you have to understand point one, which is remembering Krishna. I remember you're doing it for Krishna because otherwise, like, why would you focus on something? Like, what's the goal? Like, what was not the goal, but what's the motivation to do it? Um, so that's very important um, to develop your focus. One more point. I think to add on to Ram's point, finding the purpose means you can persevere throughout the service, and you'll reduce your chance of getting distracted and remain focused on that actual service because you know what 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 you're doing it for. Yes. So Vajbhari Prabhu gave that story two days ago about when Shri Prabhupada 
met that, that young girl who disturbed his translating. And uh, I, 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 probably you'll have to do the, the impression. Ooh la la! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when, when a smartphone comes in front of you, imagine that someone going, ooh la la! And, and, you, and you essentially have to say, no, this is a distraction, this is my, let me focus on what I have to do uh, for, for the pleasure of Krishna. <clears throat> we also said that um, understanding who you are helps in that you might work better in groups or you might work better alone. Understanding in what environments help you to focus and concentrate because some people, they, they interact differently and they so self-awareness just around the, around the psychology and when you work best and what environment you work best in. Thank you. Uh, group number nine. Yes, failure and results. It can be really disheartening, discouraging when you're working so hard uh, and you don't get the outcome that you are working towards. How do we overcome this? Uh, so we said, uh, got a phrase, do your best and let Krishna do the rest. Do your best and let Krishna do the rest. Beautiful. So yeah, endeavor without attachment to the results. Anything else you wanted to add? Nothing's going to top that phrase, eh? <laughs> no, but behind that phrase, what would help is um, association and obviously trying to have strong sadhana. Beautiful. Sadhana and strong association. And then finally... Wait, wait, wait. just one second. You know, regarding this uh, point, it's, not, it's easier said than done to say that failures, you know, just... Uh, if you fail, it's okay. Just you have given your best. But we are attached and we want to feel a sense of success. You want to feel a sense of... So I feel somewhat strongly that devotees should also do services where their ego is... Uh, you know, in a good sense, in a sense, they feel a sense of contribution. You all want to feel a sense of contribution. Now, you can't be always like failing and then you'll feel uh, very discouraged. So we can do some service where, which is according to your nature or where you're getting um, some success. At the same time, I agree fully with this point that, you know, we have to leave to Krishna because there is there is a very fundamental difference between success in Krishna consciousness and success in the outside world. I'll tell you why because I come from an ashram where there were a lot of devotees who were expert in Shastra. So when I joined we saw monthly exams for Bhagavad Gita and people would memorize shlokas and it was very intense academic and I came from an academic background also. So I was always wanting to get the highest scores in the monthly exams. And we were memorizing verses in a, you know, it's like a, it's like the outside world, you know, just that it's Krishna here. And then I remember I memorized so many verses and, and then I would forget after a few days. And it was frustrating, you know, you, you feel a sense of failure, you've learned so much and you forget. And then my Guru Maharaj told me something very interesting about how to handle this kind of situ situation where you feel you are helpless and you're failing. He said there's a big difference between learning and uh, success in material world and in a devotee community. He said when you fail, uh, in the outside world you have to remember all the shlokas or all the uh, numbers and all the things. And only when you remember you are considered that you are successful, you pass the exam. But here the fact that you try to memorize gives you the full marks. The, 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 the yardstick is totally different. You may forget completely. Like I have a shloka book, uh, it's in my room, maybe I'll show it to you tomorrow. I write shlokas in it every few days and I memorize it. So the whole book is now almost complete. It's a thick book, I carry it with me always. 
But if you ask me, have you memorized all the verses from this book? I'll say yes. Do you remember all of them? <laughs> Most of them I've forgotten. But I'm happy that my attempt to memorize them is pleasing to Krishna. And even if I forget, I'm getting full marks. Because Krishna doesn't care whether you've memorized it or not. He's seeing the effort. See, in Krishna conscious, you know, it's like an Olympics. In the outside world, there's Olympics. So there's a marathon race. So the one who comes first gets the gold medal. And everybody in the stadium is cheering him. Hari bol, you come first, gold medal. And the one who's come last, there's hardly anybody in the stadium to cheer him. But Krishna conscious Olympics is different. The one who first comes first, he gets the gold medal. Everybody cheers him. And believe it or not, you may be the last one in the race. And as you come struggling into the stadium, everybody, all the Acharyas, all the Vaishnavas are there in the stadium to cheer you also. And you also get a gold medal. Because you have not given up the race. You have not given up the process. That's your success. So congratulations. You know? Even if you are failing, even if you don't get results, Krishna is going to give you a gold medal. Yes. Can I ask a question? Um, so, <clears throat> this idea of you have to try your best. How do we know when we've tried our best? Trial and error? No. You know it. Like you ask devotees, plus you also know it. Sometimes you don't know. <laughs> Trial and error for me at least. I've done sometimes, I've stressed myself and I've got frustrated. See, life is a life is filled with all emotions. It's a package, right? So sometimes sometimes things are clear, sometimes it's not clear. So yeah, I love the idea of the Krishna Olympics, where everyone's a winner, as long as you endeavor. Success, endeavor is the success, trying is the success. And if you also get the external result, that's also a success. So win, win. Yeah, I want to tell one story, can I? Please. This is, this is my favorite story. When I joined the ashram, I, I would chant very, very nice. I thought I was a very good chanter. I would chant my japa like this. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I would never sleep in japa. And I thought I'm really a good Japa, you know, my Japa is excellent. And the Brahmachari was sitting next to me. We, we sit in Japa circles and chant. And you know how he would chant? He would chant like this. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Then I would hit him on the lap. Hare Ram, Hare Ram. In one Mahamantra, he would, he would doze off three times. I'm not exaggerating. He was always sleeping in Japa. And I would always think, poor fellow, you know, he's struggling. I have to help him out in his Japa. I thought I am a successful devotee, successful chanter. And he is poor chanter, you know. But I have to help him, poor fellow. And after all, you know, Vaishnavas have to help each other. So then he would always, and I would call him, you know, his japa, we all would make fun of his japa. He would chant like this, Hare Krishna. He would say it is namaz japa, he is doing his namaz. <laughs> so, and you would never, and you would always sleep in japa. And I would never sleep in Japa. And one day something interesting happened. We came from a program late at night, at 1.30 or something, and then morning 4.30, it was a Mangalarti. And as usual, I was there for the Mangalarti, and then Japa started. And I was chanting, and I felt sleepy. Because my body was exhausted. And I just couldn't chant. And I have a sadhana card. You know what is a sadhana card? 
a card where we write our spiritual about our spiritual practices how much chanting i did how much hearing reading seva so i give myself marks chanting today was good you know 7 out of 10 or something like that so anyway so i was feeling sleepy that day and my body was paining so i, I desperate to sleep so i got up and i walked and we have a seva sthan a place where sikh devotees recuperate and brahmacharis during those days we had only one mat and we slept on the floor the hard surface but sevasthan had a very cozy bed very comfortable air conditioned room so i walked up to sevasthan there was one bed empty and i saw that i was like so inviting it was 6:15 in the morning i went and i just fell on that bed and for the next 2 hours i was fast asleep at 8:15 i woke up i realized it bhagavatam class i came running down and i sat in the bhagavatam class fresh because i just had a nice rest you know and i sat and this brahmachari remember i told you about him he always he sleeps the entire morning program i mean during not only during japa he sleeps during uh, you know even bhagavatam class he's sleeping and he sometimes when he feels sleepy he stands but even when standing he sometimes falls asleep so he walks in the class but he doesn't give up so i sat for the class fresh and suddenly i saw this devotee sitting next to me the same devotee always sleeps and he is again in the class struggling and i woke him up and then he looked at me and said prabhu please pray for me i'm so fallen i always feel sleepy and that was a moment of epiphany for me i realized i just fell sleepy once and i gave up the struggle and this guy is feeling sleepy every day and he never gives up and i just kept looking at him and he kept telling me prabhu i am so fallen you are so advanced please help and i would always think yes i am helping him i have to help him but today this moment was an eye opener for me and then i realized well well i am keeping a sadhana card and giving myself scores but the original sadhana card is with krishna so i am giving myself 8 out of 10 Krishna may be smiling. You rascal! I give you zero. <laughs> and this Brahmachari friend of mine, he may be keeping a sadhana card and he may be giving himself zero or one out of ten every day. And Krishna, being pleased with his humility and his his fighter's fighting spirit, Krishna may be giving him eleven out of ten. So that was a, that completely changed my outlook towards him, towards devotional service. towards what we see we, we our idea of success is crazy and krishna the way he sees success is completely different so this is one of the most important things you know many devotees feel despondent in bhakti because krishna is apparently very far and it's like you know you've gone to badrinath uh, himalayas you know you see the, the mountain seems very near but as you keep walking you realize the mountain is very far so krishna appears like that he loves to play hide and seek you know krishna so better we learn that Krishna doesn't look the world doesn't look at our devotional service the way we he look at it. So this is a very deep point about failures and success. Hare Krishna. Thank you for sharing that. So we'll just do the last point, and then we'll wrap up. So controller tendency. So the challenge here is that we think we are the controller, and uh, become and that's a challenge in itself because. Guess what? We're not the controllers, and so when we try and tell people what to do, uh, try and organize things in a particular way, it doesn't work out like that. So, what was your solution to this? So, Prabhu, we were discussing it, and first of all, it could be connected to the ego, like wanting to be the controller, and that's a very bad thing because it it grows the ego, it nourishes the ego, 
and it also pleases the ego and it goes against pleasing Krishna like it's a totally different thing and besides that furthermore uh, we were thinking like uh, it goes it also goes against like being humble like that's a necessary trait of, of a Prabhu or Mataji or a devotee in general and uh, like the temple head should be the most humble person of all of the temple community you know and the final thing we were discussing was like um, everyone should be, should have the chance to be the to be in the lead sometime you know to to be able to progress and to develop in kc uh, in kc right mm -hmm. to so everyone should, should should get the chance to do that so it's about being humble not growing your ego and uh, pleasing krishna that's what we are discussing and does anyone have any problem to add something to that yeah that's it okay thank you so if you want to i don't know if you want to mention on that point and then any points you want to wrap uh, up with regarding this point Bhaktisdhan Haridha Thakur said that the moment we decide to become a servant subconsciously, you know, the, we make that affirmation, I am a servant. He said you are immediately relieved of the burden of trying to be an enjoyer in this world. It's a big burden of wanting to be an enjoyer. In fact, one Srila Prabhupada was with the... There was a controversy in Vrindavan, Iskon Vrindavan. Two sannyasis were having kind of, it, it became a kind of groupism and uh, there was problems happening in the temple. So this thing came up to Srila Prabhupada and Gopal Krishna Maharaj narrated this first time. Powerful story. So Srila Prabhupada called the first sannyasi to his room and he said, you are a sannyasi. What are you doing here in the temple? You should be going out and preaching. Don't stay in the temple. So immediately he broke the politics, he broke the groupism because he sent one sannyasi away. He said, go out and preach. So he said, okay, Prabhupada, and he left. And then Prabhupada called the next sannyasi. And he said, you are a sannyasi. What are you doing? You should be staying in one place and taking responsibility. He gave exactly opposite instruction. Mm -hmm. So then that sannyasi stayed and he did the, took up the responsibility and then things got sorted. And Gopal Krishna Maharaj was there in that room. And he looked at Srila Prabhupada and said, Srila Prabhupada, you are a genius. You solved a problem. You solved this very big problem. Now there will be no problem here. And immediately Srila Prabhupada was in his rocking chair. And he said, he smiled. He said, no. There will always be problem as long as we think I am the master. There will be peace. There will be no problem only when I am convinced I am a servant. So this mood of servant is extremely important and as Maharaj was saying, uh, Kesha Maharaj was saying a few days back that we have to be bold. Humility doesn't mean, not, you know, just being having a servile attitude and humility means you have to be bold also. I have seen devotees with a lot of humble disposition. You know, there was one Brahmacharya in our temple was always like this. Always, you know, we think humility means, humility has got to do with the body posture <laughs> or a look in the eyes. Or a tone in the voice, Prabhuji, Hare Krishna. That has got nothing to do with humility. <laughs> so we had this uh, Brahmachari who was always very humble like this. And I was a temple commander at that time and I would give him service. He would never do any seva. No seva he would do, but he would always do like this. Hare Krishna. So I got so angry with him. I said, okay, you just do one seva. Just give Charnamrit. No Prabhu. Hare Krishna. <laughs> I was so frustrated. He never offended anyone. <laughs> Everybody would offend him. <laughs>
So humility is not doing any seva and it's just like this. And there's another brahmachari in our ashram who's always having an angry, mean look. <laughs> and he's always doing seva and helping devotees. And he never appreciates anyone. But in the sense, he's from a very rustic village background. He loves to work hard and he loves to serve. But he's not an expressive person. So is he not, a, is he not in the right mood of service? He is. I remember I used to be scared of him. When I joined the ashram, he was one person I knew I had to avoid. But I got a shoulder pain, a frozen shoulder once, and he looked at me like this, he said, you guys, educated guys from the cities, you don't know how to work hard. And he walked away. And I thought, you know, he's very snobbish, very arrogant. But he came back in two minutes with a bomb, and he rubbed it on my shoulder, and he is 10 years senior to me in the ashram. We are not supposed to take service from seniors. Look at his service attitude, I am 10 years junior to him, and he never appreciates me, even now he doesn't appreciate me. But he's, for one hour he massaged me. And still with a frown on his face, you know. <laughs> and nobody told him to do that seva. But that's his personality, you know. We, we need to see devotees beyond what is apparent. And such sincere service attitude. And he never appreciates me. But I think he's very humble because you know, in our Brahmacharya Ashram, like when I would give a classes, sometimes congregation devotees would come and appreciate. But Brahmacharis, you can never, you can never get their appreciation for your class. Like, to impress a Brahmacharya in your class is very difficult. He's like, okay, you're going to tell me. <laughs> I know everything. So after the class, you know, the appreciation we get from Brahmacharis is like this. Prabhu, what a great class. You finished on time. Great. That's their parameter for... So this Brahmachari never appreciates me for my class or for anything. But when my father passed away, I was in Badrina. I rushed back home and I was disoriented. And this person every day would call me in the morning and evening. So, how are you? How's your mom? You need anything? Always a frown. But it's very sweet, you know. So humility, service attitude, uh, it's beyond uh, the external personality nature of person. You know, we just can't go by, we have to see beyond the superficial. So therefore, um, <clears throat> we, uh, we need to um, focus on the mode of being a servant and catch it when we see devotees having this attitude regardless of how they are pleasing to my ego or not. And one very important point in the challenge which I wanted to address briefly, very briefly now, is this point about forgetting that it's for Krishna. This is, I think, the essence of everything. And if you want to experience happiness through service, we have to remember Krishna all the time. If not all the time, at least, I think one of the points I heard from this side somewhere, that you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, you, you connect to Krishna, connect to your team, connect to the purpose, why am I doing this? Because what we are practicing is bhakti yoga. How many of you have practiced yoga ever? So what do you do in yoga? You do asanas, right? You do asanas, you stretch your body. So is that all we do in yoga? Is there something else we have to supposed to do when we are when we are stretching our body? Breathing. Ah, breathing is very important. You can't just simply stretch your body, right? Yoga means stretch and also inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale, breathe. If you just say I am doing breathing, that's not yoga. You have to also stretch yourself. You see what I'm saying? There are two things in yoga. 
So once one yoga teacher came to our ashram, and he, I thought if I join the yoga training, I'll be able to sleep less because I wanted to reduce my sleep. I was sleeping six to seven hours. I thought if I do yoga, I can do with less four hours, five hours of rest. For the rest of the day, I have more time with me. But after doing yoga, I started sleeping two hours extra. And then I was wondering what's going wrong. And then this yoga teacher revealed to me that I was doing my asanas wrong because when I was stretching my body, I was also holding my breath. So he said, wrong, you are supposed to breathe Sukham Steryam Asanam, breathe normally. So why I am giving this example of yoga is because we are practicing what is called as Bhakti Yoga. So just like in yoga there are two principles, stretch and breathe. In Bhakti Yoga there are two principles. What are the two principles? Service, which is compared to stretching and Remember Krishna, which is compared to breathing. We have to do both. So when we do lot of seva, burnout happens because we are stretching, 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 but we are not remembering Krishna. And sometimes in the name of remembering Krishna, our mind takes over. We are not doing any practical service. Like this example I gave of a devotee who is very humble, but not doing any seva. So both are needed. Otherwise, if we don't Remember Krishna, which mode will creep in? Maya. Maya, but which mode, which of the three modes will creep into our service? First, passion, rajo, rajo guna. And when rajo guna gets in, we are dragged by seva and there is no Krishna in our seva. So therefore, it's very important for devotees to pause. If you can't remember Krishna, pause and breathe. Relax, breathe for some time and then remember Krishna. Breathing is very important. Sanatan Goswami writes about this in Hari Bhakti Vilas, chapter 4. That in Kali Yuga, devotees can't chant Hare Krishna because their mind is very disturbed. So they should do some, they should spend some time breathing. Consciously, relax. Slow down your mind and then remember Krishna. Then chant, then do seva. And for me, what helps also is journaling. Even Maharaj, Sam Bhagavan Keshav Maharaj journals a lot. So there are many devotees, Satsarup Maharaj journals, Shivaram Maharaj does it, Parsarati Goswami Maharaj, Burijan Prabhu does it, Satyanandan Maharaj, so many devotees write journals. And um, I have a whole presentation on journal writing. So how journal writing really helps, because it slows down our mind, journaling, breathing, and then it helps us to connect with Krishna, remember Krishna. So and if, and if Gajoguna takes over, we may do lot of seva, but we forget Krishna. I have seen many devotees, you know, they say, we want our relationship, and they are so fanatic about relationship with Krishna, that they are unable to appreciate Krishna all around them. You know, when you are doing seva, Krishna is there next to you. Krishna comes in various forms, but we are unable to connect with him because we are carried away by passion. You know, this example we give, Krishna has three aspects. Do you know this? Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. Brahman is the all-pervading aspect of Krishna. Paramatma is the localized aspect and Bhagavan is the Krishna aspect. So devotees sometimes say, we are only interested in Krishna, the person. We are not Mayavadis. We have nothing to do with Brahman. We have nothing to do with Paramatma. That is being very foolish. Because when we do Seva, we get to experience Krishna in Brahman and Paramatma aspect also. And to deny it and see only Krishna in the deity form, we are actually being influenced by mode of passion. 
like gulab jamun how many of you know what is a gulab jamun all of you know right so to understand krishna we can understand from a gulab jamun somebody who never know who is god what is god the brahman realization is like you know you are told your friend is making gulab jamun for you and you go to his house and you smell the fragrance of gulab jamun that's like brahman realization you have not seen the gulab jamun you have not touched it but that's the first experience of gulab jamun similarly in krishna consciousness we get a f- we, we 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 see krishna in the form of the happiness we get we see the blissful devotees all around we we get we, we can see krishna then the person goes to the kitchen he picks up the gulab jamun he touches it it's warm right hot gulab jamun it's soft reddish brown black but he still not tasted it so that's like paramatma realization that's more complete than simply smelling the fragrance of the gulab jamun but what is the, what is bhagwan realization compared to when the gulab jamun enters your tongue you have all three realizations of the smell of the gulab jamun of the touch and also the taste so devotees who are in krishna consciousness they are their bhagwan realization is compared to tasting the gulab jamun but we are so fanatic about experiencing krishna completely that we refuse to experience brahman and paramatma realization you know we are like those foolish gulab jamun tasters who simply want to taste gulab jamun to such an extent that we deny the fragrance and the touch of gulab jamun it's like somebody is presenting gulab jamun we just block our nose oh, that's lower realization i don't want to smell the gulab jamun. i don't want even to see it i don't want to touch it i just feel taste that's ridiculous experience gulab jamun completely you see it you touch it you smell it and you taste it similarly krishna comes so beautifully in the form of his services otherwise rajoguna will take over and you will be lost you will do services for years and there will be no krishna in that seva once i was so badly humbled i'll end with this story and then we'll we'll end the class i was once leading a yatra to vrindavan for a group of 25 devotees that booked a small bus and i was the yatra leader remember i was supposed to inspire the devotees and give them katha of vrindavan and i was also the manager of the yatra because it was my group and we were driving from vrindavan to govardhan there is a long road and it is morning 5:30 and i had planned everything as a manager that 5:30 we will leave from vrindavan reach govardhan by 6 and uh, 11 the parikrama would be over and we'll come back by 12:30 we'll have prasadam i had planned the whole day and as our bus left was, i was in rajoguna i was doing seva but there was no krishna in my seva and ironically i was telling everyone about vrindavan dham but inside i was in a manager mode rajoguna passion so as i as the bus went in the middle of govardhan between govardhan and uh, vrindavan morning 5:45 dark the bus stopped and guess what the driver said there is no petrol there is no gas in the vehicle i can't go ahead our plan was totally upset i was frustrated and then one elderly brajwasi is coming with a lota now in vrindavan during those days modi was not the uh, prime minister we hadn't started the clean india campaign so during those days in an indian village if an elderly man walks with the lota lota is a small what is called a vessel yeah 
which has you know so if so we would imagine is going to respond to the call of nature is going to the fields to pass through that's what we would imagine but we were shocked when this elderly brijwasi came directly to us and he said you want petrol this lota is petrol and we were shocked but it was exactly sufficient for us to reach govardhan and because i was a manager i immediately paid him the money took the petrol we just, we just got it done and the vehicle moved and we reached govardhan we did the parikrama we came back and as a manager i was successful we tick tick all the boxes tick and the next day yatra all those things happened and at the end of the yatra we had a get together session i asked everyone what are the best highlight of the yatra i thought they will say this lecture that lecture or that kirtan that darshan they said prabhu ji that elderly baba came with the lota of petrol that was krishna and as each person was saying it i realized i i completely missed it because my service was so much in the mode of passion that i completely missed krishna there although ironically i was the one who was supposed to be leading the yatra and telling them about krishna so therefore it's very important not to forget the krishna connection in our service bhakti yoga remember bhakti yoga means service and remembrance of krishna and that remembrance is what brings sattva brings helps us experience the joy of seva and as mara said to the morning seva anand is the highest if you want to experience seva anand there has to be krishna added in that hare krishna hare thank you very much hare bol